Folks, my name is Jerome Red. I'm out of Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm very fortunate to host the new upcoming podcast, So Happy, written by Mr. Antonio T. Smith, Jr., and we're going to have a wonderful time talking about this thing called happiness. And I'm going to tell you, folks, I am very happy that we're going to talk about happiness. Come on board, join in, so you can be happy, too. Be blessed. Well, we want to welcome everybody back uh, to the So Happy Series podcast, okay? Um, this particular podcast that we're on is a So Happy and Grateful, written by Antonio T. Smith, Jr., and your hosts are Jerome Red from Baltimore, Maryland, and Talisha Thomas out of Houston, Houston Texas, and we are so happy and grateful uh, that we have this opportunity to join with you again. Um, and um, we've had, I think this is our third podcast, uh, Talisha, that, that we've been on. Um, let me recap a few things uh, that we've spoken about uh, uh, before. Uh, we did the introduction, and we talked about in that introduction uh, my background. We talked about Talisha's background. We talked about Antonio and kind of how we met him. And we also uh, did um, a little bit of uh, background. We talked about how Antonio did with the introduction, how he talked about being practical and historical, cognitive slash uh, psychological. But we didn't get to the religious part, but we were saying about how we believe he did that um, to show those out there who are reading his book and those who are on the podcast that he's done his due diligence. He's He's done his homework, and he's prepared for differences as it pertains to this thing called happiness, okay? And um, so that's what we've done so far. And we kind of stopped on page uh, 23 for those of those um, who are reading along with us. But, Talisha, before we get started, um, I got to make an announcement. Matter of fact, I, I, owe the, I owe our folks out there listening and paying attention, I owe them an apology. Because when we spoke before, we asked them to go to Amazon and go to the website to purchase the book so that they could go along with us as we did the podcast. Well, guess what? I discovered that the official release date for the book is February 5th, 2019. So you and I were fortunate enough to get an advanced copy of it, which I appreciate it, and as a result of that, we didn't know that the release date was further in the future. So all of our followers out there, all of those who we spoke to in the past, you know, please, we apologize for giving out that information. But what we would like for you to do is to go to Amazon and pre-order the book and as well go to Antonio's website. And let me read that off to you. It's www.amazon.com the atsjunior.com forward slash so happy and grateful. So let me let me read it to you letter by letter. www.theatsjr.com forward slash s-o-h-a-p-p-y-a-n-d-g-r-a-t-e F-U-L. If you go to his website, if you go to Amazon, you can pre-order the book. And, folks, I will assure you that Mr. Antonio T. Smith, Jr. will not be upset if you pre-order his book ahead of time, and he will really, really, really appreciate it, and so will us. We will appreciate that as well. So I wanted to get that out of the way. Oh, by the way, folks, the one of the reasons why I read off the website of Antonio for those of you who choose to pre-order, depending on how many you pre-order, he's got some bonuses at the website. So if you get if you pre-order one book, up to a thousand books, he's got some nice packages. If you oh man, blew me. Yes, he, he, he's one of those guys that she says. He's always giving value. And I have to admit, Felicia, he's always giving value. So I wanted to get that out of the way 
before we started. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity. Is there anything that you want to add or you want to share uh, before we get started today? Honestly, Gerald, no, there isn't anything I want to share. I am just excited for today's topic. <laughs> you know, we're moving on. We're going to be talking about several things, yes. and I'm just ready to jump in and let's get to it. Let's get what about you, Gerald? Well, let's get this party started. <laughs> <laughs> so when we left off in the introduction, um, with the last part that we did not cover in that introduction was the religious aspect. So those uh, who, who happen to be following along, we know on page 24, he says, this is not a religious book. This is not a religious book. Now, here's what I think is interesting, Alicia, and maybe some of his followers know this, and maybe some of his followers do not know this. Uh, but Antonio G. Smith happens to have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in theology. He also happens to be an ordained minister, and has pastored over a church. Yes, girl, yes, absolutely. But here's the amazing thing, and, 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 I'm, and I'm feeling him wholeheartedly. As presenting this book, he didn't want to just present this book to the religious folks or the Christian folks or those who believe in a higher power. He wanted this book for everybody, and I think that, that speaks volumes of who he is and what he is and what he's about. And that's not to take anything away from those who have a belief in a higher power or who are Christians or Jewish or whatever religious background that you come from. He wants this to be based on universal law versus just religious law. And I just, wow, I just, mm, 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 mm. I was like, wow. So that really, really, really got me. Is there anything you want to add to to, to him talking about that? I wanted to ask you. He said that he wrote this for everybody? Yes, yes. So he ain't just writing for the little girl that sits in the church? Um, <laughs> he ain't writing just for the pastors? No, 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 no. He so wrote it. Get, this is. You mean a drug dealer? He, he, he cares for a sex offender and all those people too? Everybody. Everybody. You know, now, Talisha, it's interesting you bring that up, um, and, 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 I, and I'm glad that I'm a part of this process because I personally grew up in the church. Um, I was raised in the church, strong religious background. Now, here's the interesting part about that. Unfortunately, there were folks in my church who were supposed to be spiritual leaders who didn't always demonstrate what came out of their mouth. So by the time I was a teenager and ready to leave home and go out on my own, I had some real reservations about quote unquote religion and Christianity and all of those other things that go along with that. And but when I was sixteen years old, I quote unquote got saved. You know, went to the church, got baptized, made a profession of faith. I did all that. But when I left home to go into the military like a lot of folks who leave home, I did my own thing. Yes, I did, and I had a good time doing it. About four years later, Felicia, <laughs> I realized that what I was doing wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to turn out to be. And what did I do? I turned back to those grassroots. I turned back to the church. Now, here's what was interesting. When I turned back, I was going to about five different churches. At one time, and you know what was happening to me, Talisha? I was getting five different points of view. I was getting five different of this. And I'm sitting there going, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, this one right there, you got to do this, you got to do that. But you know what was interesting? Based on me reaching out, there was one thing that was consistent, and that was Christ. So I said to God, I said, yo, if, if you out there and you everything that they saying you are, well, let's do this thing, but I'm not going to play church. I wanted to be for real. And what was amazing about that um, affirmation and that transformation, that as I've grown older, that's exactly what I felt like God did in my life. And he's been very personal. But you know what's interesting, Talisha? There's, there's nothing in the Bible that I read that says, if somebody believes differently than me, 
that makes them a bad person or that I get to put them down or, 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 or there's something out in, out in outer space. Because I believe what I believe by faith. They believe what they believe by faith. The Bible, which I believe, the, the, the Jesus Christ who I worship, those stories are written thousands and thousands of years ago. I wasn't there. If I'm receiving them by faith, why can't somebody else receive what they believe by faith? And we can live in harmony as a result of it. I think this is awesome that Antonio said, you know what? I'm not, there are too many people in this world. And if you think about it, how many people in this world have religion as a part of their life? Not a lot. There are some. Why are we going to leave those people out? And, you know, he even talks about, you know, reaching to the planets in his book about not just here on earth. Like, and that makes you stop and think, like, Antonio, you doing what you do? I think it's awesome that it's inclusive and not exclusive. Yes. Oh, that I'm telling you, that 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 just that 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 blew me away. That blew me away. So I, I give kudos to Mr. Antonio T. Smith, especially with me knowing his background and him allowing respect and openness for all to come and listen to what he's trying to say and what he needs to without pushing people away or beating them over the head religiously or biblically or whatever. And, and, and you know, the sad part is, Felicia, I've, I've walked this walk in, in my Christian walk, and I've seen others out there that do that, and it leaves a very, very bad taste in my mouth because I don't believe that's what the Bible, I don't believe that that's what Christianity really teaches, and yet there are those who do that in the name of God, in the name of Christ, when in fact, I don't think that Christ has anything to do with it. I, I use an analogy when I witness to people is that if you are you own your own home and you pay an electric bill, let's say $200 a month, and then all of a sudden you get an electric bill for $2,000, do you beat the mailman up for sending you the bill for $2,000? No. The mailman was only delivering what the electric company gave to him. If you got a problem with the $2,000 bill, Shouldn't you go to the electric company and complain and don't beat the mailman up? But you know what? Yeah. That's right. That's right. But you know what? Sometimes, Alicia, sometimes we, the messenger, take on God's responsibility or God's higher power and try to defend him when I don't believe he needs to be defended. All we need to do is be the example. He'll take care of the defendant. He does a very good job, in my opinion, and I don't need to beat anybody up, and I don't need to beat anybody over the head. I believe that what you live and what you demonstrate in your life makes more and has more impact than what you say out of your mouth. And too many folks talking it ain't walking it. Hello? Mm. <laughs> they talking it, but they ain't walking it. Come on, man. Don't, get, don't you get me started over here, Delisa. <laughs> and the other thing that I like that Antonio did in the, in the, in the especially in the end of the introduction is talking about, and I know you can relate to this because you're a mom, Tanisha, when he used the analogy of the mother and the baby, which I thought was awesome, because he's absolutely right. When that baby is hungry, when that baby needs comforting that baby when that baby is suckling it doesn't it doesn't matter who it is it has nothing to do with your religion it has nothing to do with your social economics it doesn't have anything to do with your race it has everything with making that baby happy and comfortable isn't that amazing so i love the way that he used that to to move out that you know this religious aspect of well we got to include that no we don't he, he's talking universally let's talk about universal happiness not just religious happiness. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And he even said, and when we go to the end, I, I'm not sure which chapter it is. He does a lot of comparing of the sacred, as he calls it, sacred um, readings or the Bible with happiness, the universal laws of happiness. So I really, really like that. So he's just, and he said, and if you're not sure, check with your priest, check with your rabbi, check with your pastor, the 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 seed. If these things don't coincide, maybe the reason you don't know it is because you haven't read it or you haven't been exposed to it. Well, sadly enough, Felicia, 
what we've been exposed to isn't the truth. And you know what? I think that's the, to me, that's the saddest part, that too many folks haven't been exposed to the truth, but they've been exposed, but not to the truth. And that's very, very unfortunate. Um, Anything else? One of the other things he talks about at the end there, when he talks about this, um, let me me get it right, the hedonic treadmill adaptation that's based on positive and negative, I thought that was interesting as, as well, where he talks about a lot of people's happiness is based on going back and forth. If something if something good happens to you, well then you you, you feel good. If something ha- bad happens to you, then you feel bad, and you're going back and forth and back and forth. And I call that the roller coaster, okay? And and sadly enough, you know your your happiness should not be based just on that. You know, it should it should be based on something. With it. I remember you asking me on, on one of the previous podcasts about well, John, where does it start? And I said within. And I truly, truly believe that it definitely falls within. It comes from within. And to me, that's what needs to happen. And he's trying to make it clear, like, and here's what I wrote, that this book is for the the happiness period. In addition, he wants us to take, once we're done with what he's written and what he's put out here, it isn't just for us. It's for others. He wants... Girl, I thought, oh, that just got me. So when we're talking about not just for the religion, no, not just for us, but to take that out there and to share it. Give the book. Give the lesson. Send them to the podcast. Send them to Facebook so that they can get a little bit of what we're getting. I thought that was I – know, I know you got something to say about that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> yes, I do. I do want to add on to that. Yes. that not only is he not just doing it for uh, just for the religion, the religious people, but he's also letting us know. He, he quote, I quote exactly what he says. Lastly, this book is written to fight any sadness yeah. Yeah. you may have in your life right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he said he do mean the sadness. And he's not talking about, he said, I'm not applying that you should never become sad. But people who have true happiness bounce back from adversity faster than those who do not. So that that right there was a very, very powerful statement. He's, he's clearly, with that statement, saying exactly what this book is about and what he's trying to accomplish, which is to fight back the sadness mm. and to bring nothing but happiness in your life. <laughs> now, and, uh, Mrs. between the ages of 12 and the 17, maybe 18, 
Um, most of them were minorities, African Americans. I would say 80 to 85 percent were African Americans. Somewhere between 10, somewhere between five to 10 percent were Hispanic, and then maybe one percent <laughs> was whatever, you know. Um, but most of these kids were minorities, and coming from Baltimore, I knew a lot of what they had gone through. I knew a lot of what they had experienced because I had experienced it as well. So I could easily relate um, to them. And yet here I was the quote unquote, the prison guard or the overseer versus being locked up. And when I would speak to them, I would say to them, you, you guys need to understand something. You know, you're not the future. You're my future. I say 20, 30, 40 years from now, you're going to be running this country whether I want you to or not. If I fail to invest in you, I condemn myself. So when Antonio was saying, give this to others, that immediately sent that bell ringing off. That's exactly what I said to those kids because I knew. I would say to them, I said, guys, when I'm 70-some years old, when I'm 80-some years old with my cane walking across the street to the post office to get my Social Security check, I want you to help me cross the street, not bust me upside my head and take my check. And when I said that, a couple of kids in the class laughed. So they knew I, I, I knew what I was talking about. Because unfortunately, that's what happens when we don't pour into folks and give them something that's of hope, to give them something that's positive, to give them something that, that's meaningful. And I'm sitting there looking at these kids, and I'm looking at myself, and I say, it's Jerome. If you don't give them something tangible, if you don't give them something they can take with you with them, then guess what? You may run into them again, but it may be 30 years from now. It may be 40 years from now. And then what is that going to say to you? So it became very, very personal for me when I was working with those kids. And then here Antonio says, hey, I don't want you to just take and enjoy this book. I don't want you to just take and enjoy this podcast and then go, yes, I learned a whole lot. I changed my life, blah, blah, blah. He said, I want you to change other lives. And, 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 and you know, those who don't know a, a whole lot about Antonio, you know, we, we talk, we said some nice things about him on the first podcast, but Antonio happens to be a young man who has done very well for himself financially. So some of the things that I know Talisha can tell you about, that I can tell you about, that he has done on behalf of others, he didn't have to do. He did them because of who he is. And he's one of those kind of guys, he's always giving. And that's the reason why I believe that he wrote this series, because he wants to give. He wants to change not only where he's at, he wants to change the world. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that I'm a part of it. I believe Talisha is glad that she's a part of it as well. Anything else, Talisha? Can we go ahead and hop into the transformational exercise? <laughs> That's next. From pages 28 to 32, we have this transformational exercise, which I think is extremely interesting, okay? And and I started doing it. I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't complete the seven days. Uh, Antonio asks us to, and, and, and he wants you to write down a list put a line down the middle, either straight down the middle or uh, vertically across, where on one side you put love it, on the other side you put loathe it. So either you love it or you loathe it. You like it or you don't. And if you can't love it, then it goes on the low side. Just, just kick it on over there. And what he wants you to do is he wants you to do this for seven days, and he wants you to write everything down that you do. If you do something more than once, then you know, it's okay. You don't have to repeat it. But he wants you to write everything down. Now, here's what's amazing, folks, for those who get an opportunity, and I, and I hope that you guys will do this, is that he says 85% of what you will put down there will be loathing and not loving it. And that's okay. I'm on you, Talisha. I'm, I'm going to be quiet for a minute. <laughs> no, so I'm glad you said that, that the love it and love, love it. Um, honestly, when I did it, I found out that I was on the opposite side, and and it brought an awareness and awakening of how I think and how I do things. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more on a negative 
Uh huh. Yeah. So doing this activity for me opened my eyes and made me see what I need to work on myself. And those of you who do do it, y'all gonna y'all gonna come up to awareness and kind of realize where you stand and, and where, what you need to work on. And basically, if you like me, myself, and Jerome, uh, what does yours come out? Love, love it or love it? I I if I'm gonna be honest. I came on the love it side. Love it. Well, okay. well, here's and and I and I'll tell you why, Felicia. Um, I, I've been around a few years. That's number one. So I'm older than you. <laughs> That's number one. But remember the story I told about when I was 19 years old, and I went to Florida, Texas, and that major told me your problem is you don't like yourself. Yeah. Remember that? I promised myself that day that that would never ever happened to me again, and it hasn't. So I believe from that day moving forward, one of the things that I've always strived for is to make sure that the things I do, the things I interact with, the things I associate myself with, they have to be on the positive side. They have to be on the constructive side. They have to be giving me something and not taking away from me. And I'm one of those kind of people that um, I can love you at a distance. Even if you're family, even if you know we're in the same house together, I am not going to allow circumstances and things and stuff around me to dictate my attitude and what I'm going to do. I I process it, I analyze it, and I see if there's some things I can do to help change it. But if I can't, I keep it. Listen to me, I keep it moving. And I also found out the reason I'm on the love it side versus the lowest side is, and here's another really good example. The job that I, I'm, I'm now an entrepreneur, I, I worked there contractually, but when I started out there as an employee, I ended up in an office that was in a training. Um, it was outside the training room where when training was going on, you couldn't come in and out. So I couldn't make a whole lot of noise, but there was only one door. There was no windows. Um, there was no other exit other than that. And one of the coworkers came over and said, is this your office? And I said, yeah. And he said, you, you, oh, you got this door right here? And I said, I said, yeah, you ain't got no windows or nothing? I said, I don't need windows. Um, I come into work and I work, and I don't need to, I don't need other people, and I don't need other affirmations to, um, to do what I need to do. I like me. I like me a lot. And if other people don't like me, that's not my problem. That's their problem. I like Jerome. Ooh, and he's looking at me like, but I didn't realize that over the years I've developed that mentality that, hey, I've got to love me first if I expect to even be in a position where others are going to love me or others are going to let me in. And if they don't, I still need to love me. Why? I'm the man. Oh, you don't know. You better ask somebody. So as I was taking this, I was taking this test. I kept writing down the positives, and I was like, and 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 I've got to share this, Felicia, with you. Uh, right now in my family, I've got a couple of very dear relatives, okay, who are going through some serious medical issues, and they don't look good at all. They really, really don't. But Instead of being sad um, about the fact that that exists, I reflect and say, Jerome, as you have known them and as you have loved them, have you done your best in every situation with your family? Absolutely. Did you come and visit them? Did you help them out? Absolutely. Will you be there for them now? And everything will be okay. And when I go visit them and when I spend time with them, yeah, it's sad that they're not their same old selves, but I rejoice on the happiness of the experience with them and how when they needed me, I was there. And now that they're sick, I'm still there. No, I don't want it to be the end, but you know what? I still feel good because I know I did my best. And so, so to me, I was like, wow. So that was an eye-opener for me when I took the – when I did it, I was like, oh, man. And so I said, okay. I know, and I know another reason why Antonio picked me um, to, to, to do this because of that attitude about everything in life. I tell folks, life's too short, then you die. Come on now. 
You, you'll hear me saying in a minute. People say, well, how you doing? I say, I woke up this morning. Wasn't nobody doing dirt in my face? It's going to be a great day. <laughs> Perspective, listen to me. Perspective is everything. So I realized that's how I approach life. That's how I try to approach everything that comes my way. Now, I, I'm not a saint, and I'm not happy 100% of the time. I am not. But I always strive to see the positive in everything because it's energy. And energy, when you when you use that up and you don't get it back, ooh, that'd be ugly. I need, mm, I need my energy back. And those people, listen to me, Talisha, you ain't giving me back no energy. Oh, I got to let you go. But 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 fortunately, Talisha, you've been giving the energy, girl. You've been giving it. <laughs> so so yeah. So I thought that was 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 amazing. The other thing about the exercise that Tony um, wants people to see is that whether you're on either side, it's up to you. You're the one that can change it. Other people can't change it for you. You've got to decide, you know what? What's causing this? Why Why is this going on? I like the example where he talks about cleaning and, 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 and hating it, but you love music. So put put the music on while you're cleaning. That, that it gives you it gives you more than what you had. Because you love the music, you just don't like the cleaning. See, there again, perspective. He's putting it in perspective for you. And I believe if people will take the time to sit down and look at those lists, they can find ways to eliminate and take some of those loathing issues and move them over to the loving issues. Or, as Antonio saying, maybe you can hire someone to, to do that and you ain't, you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See, that, that'll make me that'll make me real happy. So yeah, yeah, that transformational exercise I, I thought was I thought that was very very that that was fascinating. That was fascinating. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the one last thing in the intro, um, he talks about having bounce back power. I really like that section having bounce back power and he listed seven items okay that we was that okay i can do that you can go ahead and then and then talk about them a little bit the bounce back power okay so but the the first one is being transparent the second one is stay in the plane now, i like that one you got to stay in the plane the next one Change your perspective, change your atmosphere, fill yourself with positivity, a breakdown is not the end of the world, and the last one, forgive yourself when you fail. So let's kind of, let's just kind of look at those, um, uh, Talisha. I like to, I like to look at those, okay? Okay. So, John, I would like to say what was mine. Go ahead. Uh, the one that you listed, the one that, for me, was like, Tanisha, this is not what you're doing. Well, I was staying on the plane. I was jumping off the plane. Stop. Uh-uh. I used to be the one to jump off the plane. No, you I'm didn't. Like, oh, I'm not going to go through this. That's what I tell myself. Oh, stop. I said, getting back on that plane and going right back at it. Because I said, I'm going to go right here. <laughs> well, staying on the plane was, uh, was, a, was a problem for me. Wow. Uh, Changing my perspective. My perception was another. Wow. He talked to me. I was thinking, no, this is how it's supposed to be. This is how life's supposed to go. And you know, what I say is right and whatever you say is wrong. Right? <laughs> uh, it was all that right and wrong with me. Right? Whoa. And I was much younger. And whenever I got older and started taking uh, Antonio's classes, Antonio and, and his partner took his classes, and uh, Shannon's other part uh member of the of their team, yeah. Shannon also mentioned me. Oh. I didn't learn about changing my perception until I did the uh, how to retrain your subconscious mind. Ah. Hello. Another one for me that number six. Okay. A breakdown is not Oh, no. 
Now, I would have, I would have never known that. I wouldn't have known it. Ooh. Yes, I have to use it now. I had to get back on that flight and keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 again, because a lot of mine was love it versus loathe it. What I wrote down here was when it talks about being transparent. I wrote in the right next to that is you can't fix it if it doesn't exist. That means if you don't acknowledge it that it exists, then guess what? You can't fix it. And and too many folks are I call it dragging around baggage that they should have they should have left a long time ago. They should have buried it, had a funeral for it, and you know you you can come back once a year and put the flowers in the grave, but you gotta leave it you gotta leave it in the ground. But no, no, we don't do that. We go back, we dig it up. And we carry it with us, and guess what? It's stinking now too. <laughs> it ain't just it ain't just dead. It's no, no, no. You gotta you gotta acknowledge it because to me, once you acknowledge it, now you're in a position to do something about it. But if you don't acknowledge it, guess what? I tell you, you stuck like Chuck. Uh, uh-uh, I can't I can't go out like that. I can't go out like that. <laughs> I gotta face it. And one of the things that, I, that I, I, I truly am grateful, and that goes back to, I'll, I'll say my, my sixth grade teacher, is that he said, Jerome, you can be anything that you want to be. And I said to him, really? And he said, yes. When I was 16 years old and when I was 17 years old, at 16 it was my father. At 17 it was my older brother. They both looked me in the eye and they said, you think you're better than the rest of the family. And I looked at them and I said, no, I just want to be somebody. And I tell folks, if they took a knife and stabbed me in my heart, it wouldn't have hurt more for them to say that because I wanted to be different. They said I wanted to be better. But you know what? I didn't give up. And I couldn't convince them that it wasn't true. Now, they found out later it wasn't true, but they found out from my life and, and, and what I did and how I conducted myself. And I'm the, I'm actually the middle child, but I'm the one that everybody turns to. When my dad passed 20 years ago, he told my mom, if anything happens to me, Jerome's in charge. That's exactly what happened. I'm the first kid to be married for 40 years. I'm the first one to buy a brand new. I'm the, I'm the first one to graduate from college with a degree. I'm the first one to go on to go for that master. I've always been the first because that teacher, when I was in the sixth grade, said, you can be anything that you want to be. And I messed around and believed him. So if you don't acknowledge it, guess what? You're in trouble. You've got to acknowledge it. That doesn't mean you're going to fix it, and that doesn't mean it's going to – whatever you're going to do is going to work, but you've got to at least acknowledge it. And, and if you don't do that, ooh, you got, you, you're going to be in trouble. Staying on the plane, and that one I thought was interesting. You've got to stay on the plane because the thing about staying on the plane is you're in a, a vehicle that's taking you to a destination. If you get off the plane, if you jump off the plane, you don't have any protection. So guess what? You're going to, ooh, you don't know what you're going to run into. You don't know what's going to happen. See, see? You've got, you got to stay on the plane. Now, when you get to your de- destination, you can work out all the other stuff. But if you get off the plane, you're in trouble. Well, what, what are you going to run into? What's going to be out there? You have no clue. <laughs> but you thought you knew it all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Girl, you gotta, you got to stay on the plane, you know? So, yeah. Uh, I do want to mention something else, Jerome. Go ahead. Yes. Audience, I
Come on now. So enjoy where you are right now. Whatever is going on in your life right now, yeah. happy or sad, enjoy mm-hmm. it. Enjoy mm-hmm. it. And I'm only saying this from my experience and what life has taught me. And I wish I would listen to all the older people. <laughs> so this is around and, and older, you know, on what they meant. You know, don't think because you're young, you know it all. No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you really are. You got a lot to learn. So, you know, you 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 cannot listen to me or Jerome. You you cannot listen to us and go through a, go through a struggle the hard way. Mm-hmm. But why do that when you have tons of people before you who have already lived their life, who are who are going through the journey, and who are telling you, hey, stay on that flight, stay on that flight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say, Jerome. All right, and 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 I want to. I want to flip that over as well. Just because you are younger doesn't nullify your intellect or your intelligence in the sense of you have something to offer. And and, and I'll use this as a good example. Um, I'm old enough to be Antonio T. Smith's father, probably Felicia's father as well. But when I ran into Antonio T. Smith, Jr., I recognized that, number one, he had some things that I didn't have. And when I listened to him talk, he was sharing some things with me that I hadn't done. So I said to myself, Jerome, yeah, you're older and you may have some wisdom that he doesn't have, but some of the things you desire in life, he already has. Why don't you spend some time listening to him and find out what he did and how he did it, because if you can do the same thing, maybe you can have what he has. So don't don't I, – I only say that because sometimes those of us who are older will run into somebody younger and kind of like, well, you ain't got nothing to tell me. You can't say, mm-mm, mm-mm. That is not true. Everybody has value. Everybody has worth. And everybody has something to contribute. And at a minimum, we should at least listen to what they have to say. So I just wanted to, 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 to put, put a little handle on that. Pull a pull a little extra. With <laughs> I just I just I just had to do that because I've run into that too many times with folk, with folks a little older like myself, and we we talk about the young people ain't this and the young people ain't that and the young people that I, I I was at my church and we were talking to the younger men and uh, a number of them used and 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 I, and I believe when we're talking about happiness I can use this and even from uh, uh, African American standpoint. They use the N-word. And I was saying to those young men that I'm not mad with you for using that. And I said, here's why. Because if I believe that you really understood and knew what that word meant, you would never use it. If you go back and really look at your history and really look what happened during slavery, you would never use that word, even as a term of endearment. But I'm not mad with you. And I said, you know why I'm not mad with you? Because we, I should have taught you, and we didn't teach you, and now we want to beat you up for using it. That's not your fault. I don't want you to use it, but we should have done our job. And it was like, the the room was like, whoa, where did that come from? But it was from my heart. We need to teach our young people the things that they need to move forward, but vice versa. Our young people can teach us things if we'll stop long enough to listen. We all need to listen. We all need that exchange, and then we can all grow. And it ain't us against them or we're better than them and so forth like that. So I just wanted to make sure because sometimes we take that mentality as older adults, like the young people can't tell me anything, and I I have to strongly uh, disagree with that. As a matter of fact, that's where innovation comes from. That's where new ideals come from. That's where inventions come from, the freshness of the mind. And that doesn't matter how old you are. When you are thinking outside the box, amazing things can happen, yeah, when you don't restrict yourself. The other one was you said, you didn't say it's on the list, you got to change your perception, changing your perception, you know. And and, and what I wrote here was how do you see things matter? How you see things matter. Perception, oh, so many people miss it. It's not what they said. It's not what they did. It's how you receive it. 
the way you see things matter. One of the things that I that I do, Talisha, and this isn't just for you. This is for everybody listening. And 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 this is I call this a I call this a little nugget because it works for me. It really really works, and I believe it works for others. When a situation arises, especially when there's confusion, especially when there's a difference, or there might be something out of kilter, instead of accusing. Instead of making an accusation, I ask a question. If you said something or you did something that offended me, Talisha, I may say, excuse me, Talisha, what did you just say? What did you call me? And then I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Oh, I called you a knucklehead. Excuse me? Talisha, why? Here's another question. Talisha, why would you call me a knucklehead? Well, I think you're an idiot. Whoa, Talisha, where did that come from? Notice I asked you three different questions. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't cuss. Boom. I asked the questions because I tell folks, if you ask the right questions, guess what, Talisha? People will tell you what you need to hear. And once you hear what you need to hear, then you can act based on what they said. But if you immediately respond, if you immediately attack, then guess what? You put people on the defense, and you give them an opportunity to cover them, cover themselves instead of dealing with the real issue. Because there's an issue that needs to be dealt with, and if you don't get to the real facts, you don't get to the real issues. Wow. So I tell folks, what you see matters. So if you're not sure about an issue, if you're not sure about something, especially if it's negative, Ask the person, where did that come from? What made you say? Why did you Why did you do that? I don't I don't think that that was profitable. I don't think that's beneficial. But you thought that was okay. And to and Talisha, I did that with those kids in New York. It was amazing the responses you got from them. And I say, you did what? Uh uh-uh. uh No, you didn't. Ah. And they're sitting like, and they're looking at me, not being judgmental giving them an opportunity to share what's inside and then taking what they share with you and then breaking it down going, so did you mean this when you did that or did you mean this? Or, or how, how did that work out for you when you did that? Oh, oh, that's why you locked up. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you, you, you think you want to do that again? Listen to me. Talisha, it worked. It did because I didn't tell them what to do and I didn't tell them how bad they were. I just took what they gave me and said, let me try to understand the rationale behind what you did. Because I, I, I'm confused. I'm not like, you did what? Uh-uh. No, you didn't. And they be sitting there like, and, and I had a young man tell me one time, so I read, no one has ever talked to us the way you talked to us. And I told him, thank you. I appreciate that. Because I said, I didn't get that type of nurturing and that type of mentorship when I was your age. But I said, but you're my future, and I have to do this. Because when you go back to New York City, I'm not going to be there. So if you don't have the tools within you to succeed, then guess what? I says we're in trouble. Not just you. We're. You're, I mean, that's from my heart that we were in trouble. So that's why I work so hard uh, to make a difference in their lives. So when my book comes out, Fixing the Broken Without Being Broken, folks out there, I want you all to get it. You're going to love it. I wrote it myself. The next one is changing your atmosphere. Oh, Delicia, this yes. is a big one. This is a big one. It's they, they, there's a saying out there that says, if you hang around with non-broke people, you're going to be number 10. Hello? The people you I'm hang with. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need some millionaires. Um, I need Delicia. I lived with 10 broke people until I got up when I left Baltimore. So I can relate to that. <laughs> we was all broke. But the point is, is that you got to be mindful of who you hang with. You have to be mindful of who you spend time with. You have to be mindful of who you pour into and who you let pour into you. Girl. Now, that's a now that's some powerful stuff right there. And I have to add on to that with 
system for changing your attitude. He mentioned your environment will change your mood. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And your level of happiness. Well, oh, we talking about happiness? No. no. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, he he ordered something there because we all want to be happy. So why are you putting yourself in an environment, in, a, in an arena where negative is coming and those who are presenting a negative and you're sitting there and you're wondering why you're unhappy. You're wondering why you're sad. You're wondering why things are going bad for you. Um, when, when I talk to those young men in New York, um, one of the things that I said to them is, I'm not better than you. I've done, I've done some of the same things that you guys have done. I said, I said to them, can I be honest with you about why um, I'm, and I've never been arrested? I've never been locked up. The first time I ever got fingerprinted was when I went into the military. And the kids said, yes. I said, when I was younger, when I did my dirt, I did it by myself. I didn't hang in a crowd. I didn't hang with gangs. I did my dirt all by myself. And don't get me wrong, Talisha, I got caught. <laughs> But when I got caught, guess what? There was only one witness, me. <laughs> and I did not testify against myself. Let me tell you, not only did I not testify against myself, I would make sometimes the people who caught me doubt themselves like, well, no, I I, I saw you take it. No, sir, that, that, sir that, that didn't happen. But no, no, yes, I did. I say, no, no, sir, sir, that, I'm telling you, sir. That that did, sir, you, sir, you, you, you're mistaken, sir. No, young man, said, and the guy's like, well, maybe I didn't see him. And I'm sitting there like, and next thing you know, they don't let me go. This Academy Award, Academy Award, absolutely. But I told them I didn't have any witnesses that didn't make me better, and I'm not promoting crime. I'm not promoting negative behavior, but I realized by the grace of God, and I give him the credit for that, is that he was watching over me, and I saw later that was the only reason why I didn't get locked up. That was the only reason why I didn't follow the same path that so many of those young men who I grew up with followed because I was by myself. So I wanted them to understand the people you hang with, the people you associate with, the people you spend time with have a huge impact on you as a person as well as where you're headed at and where you're going in the future. So definitely, definitely. Uh, the next one is fill yourself with positivity. <laughs> uh, now, that seems, how can I say that? That seems like, oh, that's a no-brainer. No, no. Let me go back to when I first started with the podcast, when I told you when I was a young kid, and I'm looking at the mirror in the morning saying, you're ugly, you're a monkey. Who wants to be with you? Talisha, where did that come from? Who planted that seed inside of me to believe that I was unworthy, that I wasn't even worthy of a relationship with the opposite sex? I'm not, I wasn't worthy to have a friend. And, 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 I can't, and I honestly can't tell you who it came from, but it was planted inside of me. Oh, you got to fill yourself with positivity. You got to associate yourself with those things that are positive. And you got to be pursuing those things out there uh, that are positive. No ifs, no ands, no buts, unless there's something else you want to you wanna add to that. Only that he mentioned that uh, you can't be an empty cup pouring into others. Right. There and that's, that's something I have to learn growing mm. up as well. Because what am I pouring in myself? What positivity am I pouring in myself to stay full and not empty. It's, it's what you read, yep. it's what you watch on TV, it's, what you, it's who you associate with. All that depends on if you're going to be uh, half empty or always full person. Ooh, so meditating, praying, yeah. uh, listening to motivation, speaking, not all those things. Ooh. Listen to people like Antonio. Oh, you better stop, girl. You better stop now. You, you know you're preaching. You know you're preaching over here. <laughs> But it's so. But you're absolutely so true. Um, as a matter of fact, yesterday, the television in in the bedroom wasn't working, and so my sister-in-law got my nephew to come over, 
and he got it working. And as he and I were talking, I said, he said, this one, he said, this television isn't working anymore. I said, well, the little uh, reading room that I'm in is a television in there. He said, oh, isn't that hooked up? And I said, no. I said, I don't have time to watch television because television ain't paying me no money. Television ain't making me no money. I said, now, I watch a little news or whatever like that. I said, I said, but I'll be up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, working, and then get up at 5 or 6, and I'm back working again because that is what's going to benefit me, not that television. That television is made to entertain me, to occupy my time, to take away from me, not to pour into me. And if you're not being poured into, Delisha, you don't have anything to pour out. Hello? So if you got something in you, then you got something to give. So you're absolutely right. Those things that we associate with, the books we read, the people we hang with, the seminars that we go to, all of those things can make a world of difference. Absolutely. So you're saying we need to invest in ourselves? Well, you better. Come on now. Come on now. And, that's, and I believe that's absolutely true because it's that, they're saying out there when people are, are offering packages for self-improvement, personal improvement, and the person opens their mouth and says, well, I can't afford it. No, you can't afford not to. Because look at where you're at right now. You can't afford not therapy? to. Ooh. What about therapy? What about therapy? That's what I'm Well, here's the deal. If that's what you need to get where you need to go, I don't have a problem with that. The, the, yes. the thing with, yeah, hello. The thing with that therapy is you got to first ask yourself, why is there a need for therapy? Unless you've been officially sent there, why is it, what, what's going on? Which, which actually leads to the next comment about, you know, the breakdown is not the end of the world. Because for some of us, that's what we do. When there's a breakdown, when there's a problem, we shut down. Hello. Breakdown, then we shut down. And, and sometimes we need a therapist. We need, some, <laughs> we need somebody to say, no, you, you ain't having no pity party. We ain't got time for that. We got work to do. But, but we don't know. Girl, let's start with you. When, when, I, when I wrote that one down, I thought about uh, when I was in the military, I used to say to my soldiers that when, when it comes to the military, but this, I realized this applies to life, this is for the military. We all want to win the war, but in order to win the war, you've got to fight those small battles. Well, guess what? You're not going to win every battle. So you've got to no, you're, you're not going to win every battle. The object of the exercise is to win the war, because once you win the war, you conquered everything. But the key is along the way, you've got to fight strategic battles. Well, guess what? You're not going to win every battle. You know why? Because it takes strategy, it takes energy, it takes resources, it takes personnel, it takes a lot of. Come on now. That, look at you. You better stop, girl. You better stop. And then that process, determining which battles are worth fighting and which battles are not. And I've had people approach me sometimes when something was going on and I was being silent and wasn't fighting for it. And they, came, they approached me and said, what are you doing, girl? What are you doing, Sergeant Red? And I said, nothing. But they're doing such and such. They're saying such and such. I said, yeah, I know. But that's not true. I said, I know that too. Well, why don't you do something? I am going to do something when it's time. And then the next thing you know, when I do what I do, all that other stuff gets covered away. All that other stuff goes away. And then they come back and go, ooh, we didn't know. I said, you weren't supposed to. Because I'm not going to fight every battle. I'm going to fight the one that is going to give me the strategic advantage to win the war. Hello. Come on now. And I, listen to me, it it, it works for Romy Wrong. I don't know about you listening out there. It works for Romy Wrong. Hello. <laughs> just, just trying to, I'm just trying to share. I'm not a psychologist, you know. I'm not a genius, but I'm, I'm, I'm a person that has been happy for, I have to say, at least a couple of years now um, because I look for happiness. I look for positivity. I look for the things that are going to bring about results. And when I see the things that are negative, I need to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
ask the questions, and if it doesn't give me what I'm looking for, I keep it moving. And I tell them, thank you very, very much. I know how to love you at a distance and keep it. But, but Jerome, huh? Got to go, got to go. I'll catch you later. Kid, but you're up. Got to go. Okay. Oh, you have to tell me. Love you to death. And you can talk about me all you want, say bad things. I'm going to keep it moving. I'm telling you, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's, it's, it's not in me. But when I was younger, I went through all of that. I, I wrestled with all of that. And I said, no, Jerome, you don't have to do that. So Antonio writing his book, I'm like, you'd have thought he interviewed me. <laughs> you'd have thought, as I'm reading something, as I'm going, Jerome, that's you. Well, Jerome, you've been through that. Oh, Jerome, you avoided that. I'm, I'm, I'm just totally blown away. I'm totally blown away. The last thing he writes down here is forgive yourself when you fail. No pity parties. Uh-uh. You, you ain't got, folks, you don't have time for pity parties. Why? Because pity parties take up your energy. You've got, you've got work to do. You've got goals. You've got ambitions. You've got things you want to accomplish. And, folks, if you're sitting around having a pity party, that's not getting it done. So what are you going to do? You can sit there and have your pity party, but guess what? Life is going to continue to pass you by. That's not what we want, folks. We all want joy. We all want happiness. So guess what? Get up. Dust yourself off. Put one step in front of the other. What, what, what's that? They talk about how to eat a 3,000-pound elephant one bite at a time. The journey of 1,000 miles begins with one step, and you take it one step at a time. You take it one bite at a time. And you keep it moving. Yes. Come on now. you got to keep it moving, folks. I'm and telling I, you. I, I wanted to mention something else that Antonio wrote in the book. First, uh, the second point was that when you do your improvement, you do it for yourself. Yes. I, oh, no, you do. Come on, girl. Or, or if you're making them happy by doing your improvement. No. Do it because you really need that improvement, not because they want you to do it. Because at the end of the day, if you do it for them, you still don't feel like crap. Bingo. You're not going to be happy. Ooh. You need to do it for yourself. Hello. It doesn't fulfill. No. It doesn't fulfill. And as I talk about the major, that's what I was doing. I was living up to other people's expectations of me, and I realized, Jerome, that, that's not making you happy because as soon as you don't do something that they like or dislike, then you change and you do something else. And then you change and you do something else. Wait a minute. Isn't this your life? It's got to be your decision. It's got to be your happiness that becomes paramount, not other people's happiness. And, and folks, guess what? You can't make other people happy. You can't do that. It's got to be for you. And that's not, being, that's not being selfish. That is doing what is necessary for your survival. Your survival. You can't leave that out, folks. It's about your survival. Well, folks, those seven principles that we just talked about, that wraps up um, the first chapter and the background, that bounce back to power. That wraps up that introduction, and that wraps up the first chapter. And so with that, I think, Talisha, this is a good place for us to wrap up this podcast. Um yeah. For, for this session. What do you think? I think so. I agree with you. I think it's time for us to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, this is a great session. I feel great about it. Uh, and I hope, you know, the ones of you who, who are going to get this energy and this message that you really look into it and do some work. Do some work when there's need on yourself. Look at, the, look at what Antonio talks about when he speaks of happiness and see how it can change your life. Start seeing right now these are the steps to gain happiness for the rest of your life, no matter what situation. All right. That reminds me of E.T. He said, makes the rest of your life the best of your life. Oh, yeah. That's it. There you go. Well, thank you, folks, for joining in uh, for the So Happy Podcast series. Um, this is your host, your two hosts, Jerome Red from Baltimore, Maryland. Alicia Thomas from Houston, Texas, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast, on our next presentation. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's get happy.